Welcome to the Conscious Living Show with your host, Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce, and her husband, Dr. Mark Pierce. The health of your sex life reflects the health of other aspects of your life. While this may not be the only factor, it certainly contributes to the degree you'll enjoy a well-rounded, healthy, happy, sexy life. Now, here is Dr. Nancy and Dr. Mark. Well, welcome to the Conscious Living Sexuality Show. And Mark and I are here today to talk to about a really um, cool topic, uh, one something that's near and dear to our hearts, and that is uh, our sexual freedom. Absolutely. Yeah, the concept of that seems, seems normal, but there are a lot of uh, forces that work against that. Definitely. Well, I, I know that, uh, you know, at different times in my life, I've had periods where I felt sexually repressed. Um, and then there are times where I have felt a lot more sexually free. And so looking back over just my own experience, it's kind of interesting to see what the what the catalysts were for the times when I felt more extreme one way or the other. And I think that's the, the hard part is that everybody's perspective is a little different. And so one person might think, of course, you know, we have uh, sexual freedom is, a, is for sure. I mean, what's the problem with that? And then, then there are other people who aren't experiencing that at all. And they're going, what the heck? Uh, I'm not experiencing sexual freedom. You are, you know, um, I want equality. Right. Right. Or or the, the other side of it is if one person is obviously experiencing great sexual freedom and another person isn't because they don't believe that it's the right thing to do, then they move into that place of judgment and shaming, trying to change the other person's behavior instead of seeing that they're just in a different place. You know, and we, we talk a lot about on the conscious on our conscious living sexuality show about what is what are our rights uh, to for our own lives versus our rights to inflict our beliefs on other people, and we're we're very firmly entrenched in the belief that that what I think about what you're doing is really none of your business. You know, we all have opinions and we all have belief models and frameworks that are created based on our life experience, all of the dogma that we, that we, that's been created for us. The, and that forms these things called beliefs, which are just made up constructs for us to see the world through our individual eyes and yet we we spend a lot of time debating our beliefs with other people when really we should just simply be sharing them if we want and then saying thank you for sharing that with me and let it go because it isn't up to us to change how other people believe i think that um when we look back, and there's so many different ways that this applies in our constitution, but if we if we have the right to a freedom, if we uh, start to have opinion about other people's rights to the same opinion, we are in a sense undermining our own as well, and we have to be careful about that. If you want to have sexual freedom, you have to be careful to be willing to hear and la- allow other people to have the same 
sexual freedom. Otherwise, you're going to set up the uh, setting for um, your uh, sexual freedom to be impinged upon. And I think that that's, you know, that was first brought, I mean, we United States was created because of religious freedom. And anytime one religion tries to start to try to dominate with their rules and concepts, they're starting to undermine their ability to stay religiously free to practice their own religion if it starts to impinge on other people who don't have or share the same beliefs. They, they have to be careful about that. And I think that, so that's the underlying principle is, is that giving a person freedom uh, is the best way to protect your own. I, I totally agree. Many of you um, may not be aware that where I got my doctorate degree was in um, at the Institute in San Francisco. And what was fascinating, the first day that I w- arrived for, for my program, I there was a large sign up and it said basic sexual rights. And I, I really don't think until that moment I had ever really considered sexual rights to be a separate entity to human rights you know I hadn't separated it out so I'm just going to read that for you real quick so that uh, you get the idea of where these where my beliefs come from and where in the sexology world where it comes from and these are ethical guidelines for the institute that are based on the belief that sexual rights are human rights the freedom of any sexual thought fantasy or desire the right to sexual entertainment freely available in the marketplace, including sexually explicit materials dealing with the full range of sexual behavior, the right not to be exposed to sexual material or behavior, the right to sexual self-determination, the right to seek out and engage in consensual sexual activity, the right to engage in sexual acts or activities of any kind whatsoever providing they do not involve non-consensual acts, violence, constraint, coercion, or fraud. The right to be free of persecution, condemnation, discrimination, or societal intervention in private sexual behavior. The recognition by society that every person, partnered or unpartnered, has the right to pursuit of a satisfying consensual socio-sexual life free from political, legal, or religious interference, and that there may need to be mechanisms in society where the opportunities of socio-sexual activities are available to the following. Disabled persons, chronically ill persons, those incarcerated in prisons, hospitals or institutions, those disadvantaged because of age, lack of physical attractiveness, or lack of social skills, the poor and the lonely. The basic right of all persons who are sexually dysfunctional to have available non-judgmental sexual health care. And number 10, the right to control conception. And so these are basic human sexual rights. When, when was that written? Dr. Ted uh, created that back in the 70s. Pretty incredible, really. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the length of time, thought, uh, trying to create uh, a statement like that, 
and to make sure that you include all of the important concepts and exclude all things which are extraneous. That one piece of paper took a lot of time to create. And I think he was way ahead of his time. Oh, definitely. Be just just including disabled people or incarcerated people or institutionalized people on a, on a something that's that most most um, persons don't think about these people having sex or having sexual rights, and yet it's a it's a it's a basic human need. And so, why would we why would we not provide or not feel like they have the right to sexuality. And so during our show today, we're going to talk about sexual freedom. And we'll keep in mind this this list of 10 basic human sexual rights as we move through sexual freedom conversation to kind of cover, well, what is what is it we want as individuals? What is it that we want as a society? What are we afraid of? I mean, there because if when somebody says, "Oh, I don't, I don't want people to have sexual freedom," because this this list doesn't just apply to adults; this applies to kids. Well, I think when you just when you say that to just reemphasize when you say, "I don't want people to have sexual freedom," then you have to say, "I am a people. I don't want myself to have sexual freedom." That's basic Platonic logic, and you have to be careful about how you work through the world to make sure that you're not undermining your own freedoms unintentionally or unknowingly, you know. And and I think uh, it extends into this arena in a, the same way that it extends uh, into religious uh, arenas as well. Yeah, Beautifully put. So I'm excited about this show because this is something that I, I am passionate about. and You're uh, excited about every show, dear. Am I? Yes. <laughs> Well, heck. <laughs> You're more and more and more excited about this show. I'm more excited. Morely more and more excited about it. So I'm enthusiastically, passionately, morally excited about this show. Yeah. It, is, it is an incredible document when you, when you look at it and read it. And people have to realize that if you don't allow those freedoms to someone else, they may not be allowed back to you. And so, you know... Um, that's uh, that's an important uh, concept. Well, we we could we could just slide that right into the uh, the whole abortion debate right now too. Uh, bodily autonomy for all of those people that are voting to have women's bodily autonomy rights revoked. That means that yours are going to be revoked too. Men, women, children, you will not have the right to decide not to vaccinate. You will not have the right to decide whether you get a blood transfusion or not. You will not have the right to decide if you don't don't want to donate a kidney and somebody needs your kidney. Guess what? You got to give them your kidney. I mean, we th- th- this could go dark. So we have to maintain our sense of humanity and understanding that people that live in the United States of America um, have certain rights. But we all over the world have basic human rights that include sexuality. Yeah? I agree. I, I just know that uh, that uh, the United States is way ahead of a lot of other countries. And that's a tragic statement. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. 
That's a that's a tragic statement. The, again, once again, it depends on perspective. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess it depends on which which gender you were born and which city you were born and which how, what what how you were born into this country. I mean, certainly I'm I'm grateful that I was born here and not in in some of the places that are much worse for women. Um, but we're struggling here right now, big time. So, all right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about sexual freedom. And I'm going to come back from the break with a with a, a story about what it feels like to feel sexually free. We'll be right back. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. Discover, explore, and celebrate your sexy right here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. listening to the conscious living show to reach the doctors or their guest on the live show feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to dr nancy at drnsp.com now back to the conscious living show welcome back you're listening to the conscious living sexuality show and we're talking about sexual freedom today it's a difficult topic and uh, in the last segment you brought up the issue of abortion and abortion rights uh, number 10 on the sexual bill of rights the right to control conception the right to own your body but i i think uh, as much angst as it's creating i think that it's important to be able to have these discussions You've got to really understand the the depth of the conversation and the, and how how people feel if you're going to come up with a solution that that makes sense. And right now we're not talking about solutions that make sense, but maybe the conversation and the angst on both sides will lead to that. That's what you have to hope for. I really hope for that because you know all of these topics we can talk about them in theory. But these are not theoretical topics. These are human experiences. And 
we have to bring it back to what is the human experience? What is our experience in these moments in our lives that link together to create a a whole life experience? And sexual freedom, that, that feeling of being sexually free, and I had an experience, and I think I've shared it before, but I'll, I'll recap it. Uh, it was about 13 years ago, and uh, I had become a grandmother at a very young age, and, and it kind of flip, flipped me out a little bit in terms of I really wasn't sure how that was supposed to affect me as a woman, and especially sexually. And so I had all these ideas about, well, I guess, you know, being a nana, I'm not supposed to be sexy anymore. And being a nana, I've got this little baby that I'm madly passionately in love with. And and I guess I guess that other part of my life, maybe that's over, which was a little depressing, I have to say. We decided at that point in our lives, our kids were grown and, and, and things were, we were moving, moving and shaking. That was our first experience to go to hedonism resort in Jamaica. And after the first couple of days, I had this moment where I just, I was like, I felt, you know, you know, you, you have a picture of a person in a box and all of a sudden they just break out and shatter that glass box. It just shatters into pieces and you can feel that freedom, total freedom. And I had that moment where I just went, ow, I am, I'm reawakened. And I felt that total sexual freedom of being safe and accepted and uh, anything that I felt like. I needed to do or express was going to be okay. That was a catalyst for me for a whole cascade of changes in my life. And it it really came back to who am I authentically and who am I trying to kid trying to be something that I'm not. And I think so many times men and women we try to please our parents or our church or our culture, our society, the rules about how we be, behave, what we think, what we want and desire. N- not saying we're breaking any laws, you know, it's like we're not, we're not uh, um, uh, accosting people with our sexual freedom. It's that I am sexually free to explore my sexuality and my sensuality in a consensual, respectful way on my terms. That, to me, is what we all deserve, is the right to have that freedom to express, to want what we want. I have people ask me all the time, is it okay if I want, and they'll finish the sentence, and I just say, you, you have the right to want what you want, you know. Now, you don't have the right to do anything to another person that hasn't consented to it because you want it. That's the difference. You can want it, but in order to make it happen, you got to have a conversation and you got to have mutually enthusiastic consent. That's a, another step. But th- the first step of feeling guilty or shamed because you want it, there's no point in that. 
No, and, and uh, but it is that responsibility to pursue on your own terms without infringing on others. That's the other. Uh, I mean, I think uh, that that was covered in the basic basic sexual rights uh, yes. number three, the right not to be exposed to sexual material behavior. So every individual has that right not to be exposed to something that they're not interested in, and that is that the. I think, know, we, I think dick pics would fall under that. Probably, probably. <laughs> yeah. And and so that is the responsibility. You, you have the right, but not the right to inflict, you know, uh, to meet your needs. You have to meet your own needs on your own terms. And and it's a, it's a journey and it's a, it's a dance. It that, is. That uh, has to occur. I think that so many people, mm-hmm. there, there, there must be a lot of suppression because so many people go to Jamaica over and over and over again. So there's something that occurs there that uh, isn't common in all the rest of the world. And so for you to really have the perspective, you have to go in and have the experience. And then whether you enjoy it or not, maybe you'll get to see uh, people who are feeling more sexual freedom and enjoying their sexual side why they they have that and and uh, on this list of um you know the idea of sexual freedom part of that is to not be sexual if if your desire is to not be sexual you should have the freedom to not be sexual you know there there are there is a a new sexual orientation identification classification that's valid, which is being asexual. And so, but people uh, who've been asexual have been shamed and criticized and pathologized the same way that people who are homosexual or bisexual or transsexual, that anything that steps outside of that that uh, you know that little box of uh, heteronormative cisgender behavior, which I think we're going to discover. I I I would do a prediction. We're going to discover that that's actually a minority, not a majority of humans. Um, you know, anything that steps outside of that, we feel the we feel compelled to think that they're broken people. And so people who are asexual have been made to feel very guilty about that and and broken when they just are not sexual. They just have no sexual desire. They still love and want human contact and connect and have interpersonal relationships, love, a lot of love relationships, but they just have no desire to be sexual. I think you just touched on the side of... Um of uh, guilt that occurs at a lot of people at the individual level and with our yoga beliefs we know that you need to be kind to yourself as well and so when you read the human rights or the basic sexual rights uh, list you know you have to ask yourself are you being mean to yourself for having a sexual thought fantasy or desire Mm -hmm. you know um you know, those type of things uh, come up all of the time. Uh, guilt should not really necessarily play a role in how you move through the world. And I think in Jamaica, you do feel less guilt. So then you're free to reestablish your rules and they can be anything you want. It doesn't mean there is no requirement 
And uh, I think that's why you felt reawakened. Yes. Yes, because it's a, I, I think anytime you're in a place where you're not feeling pressure to be different than you are, wh- whatever that might look like, you feel a freedom. And we, we, t- we live in a society that has so many uh, rules and regulations and ideas about how we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to move through this life. We should on each other all the time. And we should on ourselves that, that the sexual freedom side of things, we, we, we undermine our own sexual freedoms because we've bought in to the beliefs of others who weren't healthy in their, in their thoughts, who believed that they had the right to infringe their thoughts onto us. That they, that, and that's, that, to me, that's a form of abuse. When, when you brainwash people, especially your children, to believe that they're broken and they're bad and they're wrong because of who they are. And we do that to people that are homosexual. We tell them we can pray the gay away, you know, that if they go and they get shock therapy, they take these drugs, they see this counselor, that they can fix this problem of theirs. And uh, imagine all the people that have been tortured through those processes only to come out the other side still gay only now with horrendous guilt and shame and fear of failure or a sense of failure so so sexual freedom means that each person has the right to sexually self determine their their life sexual self-determination I think that's hugely important in this world that we're living in is to allow people the respect uh, to let them decide what their sexual determinations are. And that, that means their gender too. We, we don't get to decide, you know, what somebody else is or feels or wants. Right. And we need to, to be neutral to other people's desires and, and understand that um, that they also need to be respectful of our own um, desires as well. Again, if you if one's not respected, the other one will not be as well. But then I think it brings out the issue of why is there this clash? Why why are we having trouble um, uh, between these different groups of people? Um, uh, what's what's going on there? And I think that um, you know some of it's. Uh, uh, you know, just plain judgment and, and not understanding. The other, there's uh, different kinds of fear and concerns. And we have to try to understand where those fears and concerns are coming from. I think so there's jealousy, can too. Be, can be re-educated. Um, I think there's a lot of jealousy. Because when when somebody who's who's forced themselves to be super buttoned up and has suppressed their sexual desires, oftentimes there's a resentment for that because they're trying to toe the line. And if they're struggling with that and they see somebody else frolicking like a little uh, wood nymph, having the best time and happy and free, they resent that. They don't want you to have what they can't have. So if you if you really boil it down for many people, they're like, I, I, I can't be that. I would love to be that free. I can't. Therefore, you shouldn't. Well, and, and you know, there is understanding that 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 there is there is a price to that freedom and um, and they're not willing to pay it. 
Well, when we come back from the break, let's talk about what that price is and then how can we have sexual freedom within relationships? So we're going to talk about some different relationship dynamics that might uh, open you up to uh, living a sexually free life and be in a loving, continuous relationship. We'll be right back. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Stay tuned in and turned on to a sexual evolution here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Conscious Living Sexuality Show, and we're talking about sexual freedom today and what that feels like. And if you've ever had um, a moment or a time in your life where you really felt sexually unchained and free to express or not express, no pressure from the outside in, I think perhaps is what freedom really is. No pressure from the outside in. Because, you know, because sexual freedom to me is the absence of being fearful to be authentic. It's absent of judging others who are different. So I, I'm sexually free if I'm not having any desire to judge others for their sexual decisions. And it's also the absence of hiding who I am for fear of being rejected. Um, the last one, uh, I think, segues into re- rejected in what way? Uh, rejected from somebody that I I want to not be rejected by. You know, usually it's a, a my partner or my family or my friends or my community. You know, we see we see a lot of people being rejected because of sexual behavior. Um, you know, we I can think of many yogis, uh, John Friend, Rodney Yee. Um, there's a long list in my in my arena of men who've been really reject, rejected from the yoga community because they had they had sexual dalliances with um, with people outside of their relationships or with students that were you know so they 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 were all consensual relationships but they 
were not, they didn't fit the model that their students wanted them to fit. And so they weren't, they weren't allowed, and ironically, it's in the yoga community, but they weren't allowed the sexual freedom of expression without judgment from their own tribe. So we have to really ponder this, you know, why are we, why are we persecuting people for what they do in their private sexual behavior? It's really none of our business, right? Again, I think as long as it's consensual, yeah, then then you're you're protecting your own right to to have con- consensual interaction across the board, sexual and in every other way. Um, <clears throat> but I think what what I was wondering when you said that is is the um, again the 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 other person's right not to be exposed to to sexual. Uh, behavior that they're not interested in and so if uh, if you have a relationship with somebody and you express sexual interest and that's rejected then that's okay that's 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 a no and and that has to be respected it shouldn't interfere with other parts of the relationship although it may seem like it did because there may not be a commonality to continue the relationship. Uh-huh. And um, depends on how strong the relationship has, what, what the, the foundation of that relationship is at the time that perhaps that was expressed. But oftentimes, oftentimes that will end the ongoing relationship and the person will feel rejected by them as a person as well as sexually. But... That's not really what's happening, but that's the perception. Huh. I mean, yeah, I think being turned down, um, uh, you know, an, an advance being turned down is, for me, different than rejecting a person solely because of their sexuality. You know, it's, you know, it. I think it has, more, for me, that this, this topic has more to do with how we, how we treat other people um, in our lives who are, maybe from a different tribe than we are. You know, I like to use the word tribe because it help, helps us know, you know, this, this is all very, this is all very fundamental in our makeup. And so if, if my tribe is uh, uh, one, you know, we wear yellow jackets and your tribe, you wear blue jackets. Well, are, which one's right and which one's wrong? Well, the real, reality is that neither, but yet we're, if we're taught to believe that our, our color jacket is the right one to wear and everybody that wears that is good everybody that wears a blue jacket is bad or evil we're going to have judgment and rejection and as soon as you bring out your blue jacket you might have had a yellow one on when I met you but then you bring out your blue jacket well I think that <laughs> when people start to interact sexually they've, they've already invested a lot of their own um, um, I don't know what the word would be, the angst, the, the nervousness of, of making that expression. If it's a proposition or if it's a, 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 a personal invitation to be sexual. So when that's rejected, you know, there's disappointment. And so one way to deal with the disappointment is to say, darn, um, they're not in my tribe. Another one is to say, why don't you come into my tribe? Yeah. You really should be in my tribe so then I can meet my needs with you. And we, you know, don't change tribes very easily, if at all. So, well, I don't think you, I don't think you can ever ask a person to, to change tribes. 
Sometimes people might choose to change jobs, but you can't ask them to do that. I mean, nobody changes for somebody else. We change because we have the inspiration personally to change. So there, therein lies the disappointment. And then when the relationship doesn't have that, cannot have that sexual foundation, if that was the ongoing intent from the beginning, the attraction that was leading towards something, then that's no longer possible. Then the relationship breaks down and both people feel rejected and feel a loss and and then, you know, all of these questions come up. Well, did he, he rejected me because I'm not in his tribe. I don't share the same beliefs. And that's true, uh, but it doesn't have to be judgmental. It's sad, you know, it's sad that, that there's no longer that connection. And uh, sexual connections have a, have a strong, they're, they're very strong. So they, they can enhance a, a, a working relationship, for example. You know, and and uh, and so when it's it's not possible or rejected, it has an adverse effect. But you know, we have to go back to the, the, the we have to understand that that's that's not rejection. That's just a person revealing their tribe. So how do we keep the sexual freedom within relationships, within uh, you know intimate relationships? How would you? You know, because I get I get questions a lot about how do I get my wife to? How do I open my husband up to? You know, how do you how do you maintain your own personal sexual freedom, and, and accept your partner's sexual freedom in a committed relationship? Well, I think the the components of that are to um, change what is the most important foundation of your relationship if. You know, when people people get married, they the the default foundation often is, um, um, you know, you will not be sexual with anybody else, the the monogamous relationship. But the implied uh, part of that is is that I will trust you, and so I think that you know when you're you're moving in the direction of having sexual freedom, you're saying. That the, the trust is the the key ingredient of the foundation of your relationship, and sex is not, and um, it's not it's not it's not really a critical part of the foundation of the relationship. It's certainly something that they're going to enjoy, but the trust and and then that along with the oasis where you can express yourself is the most important part of your relationship. So not, not based on sex. So understanding understanding the real the deepest root of of a committed long term happy relationship isn't isn't the that I own your sex and you own my sex. It would be that we have this deep bond of trust, respect, and desire to stay open to each other and to really know each other. I think I think in in those relationships, having those conversations, you might have, you know, it's going to split the difference uh, uh, a lot of times because po- most people, um, because of guilt, some people will want it to be very symmetrical. That one person wants to have uh, uh, a lifestyle type of uh, sexual freedom where they can have multiple partners, and another person is totally not interested in that. So they're somewhat dependent on their partner for their sexual expression. And you have to 
work out both of those within a relationship because a relationship is formed to meet each other's needs. It's formed to meet each other's, uh, uh, there, are, there are things that each person is hoping to gain from that relationship, companionship, trust, you got my back, um, you're my person, um, and I have sexual needs, you can help me meet those needs, or, or you can also let me uh, meet my needs in other ways. Support my, uh, yeah. Support that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it, um, it, it probably means that the relationship's based on a, a deeper conversation of trust and, and the concept of your oasis. And so that, that that opens up to a lot of different variations, which we're seeing in our in our world. A lot more people open about polyamorous uh, in, engagement and uh, the swinging lifestyle, and uh, you know, just uh, what do they call it? Sequential uh, monogamy. You know, it's, it's like we have a lot of different ways to create relationships, to create sexual freedom within relationships. But I think the basic fundamental piece of information that people need to have is they need to be trusting and honest. And if you can't speak your truth in your relationship, and that's what I teach in the Oasis, which I'm doing, uh, you know, every every day. If you can't speak your truth in your relationship, then you are going to lose uh, that sense of security and safety and freedom. And let's, uh, when we come back, let's talk about deal breakers too. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we've got one more segment. We've got a lot more for you. We might have to do a second part of this because basic rights are important. We'll be right back. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR, Empower, Love, and Reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Have you checked out the Sexy Lifestyle Network? This is where people who want to know go. It's an online hub of knowledge, experience, products, and services that cater to this active lifestyle. We've got information and education about adults-only resorts, everything for your sexy lifestyle, and, of course, some great talk programs. Join the experts, guests, and unfiltered talk on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Visit thesexylifestyle.com for more information and to unlock the network. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, articles, and videos. And keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter. All on thesexylifestyle.com. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back to the final segment of The Conscious Living Sexuality Show. And we're talking about sexual freedom. 
Absolutely. What is that? <laughs> Have we defined it? <laughs> I, I think when I think of sexual freedom, I think of you snapping your fingers and say, I really That's all it means to me. Um, I think we're all on a journey and we work hard to get through these lives and have as much positive interaction with our world, with our people, with our tribes, with our family as we can. And um, I wanted to come back to the concept of deal breakers as we talked about sexual freedom within a relationship. And Mm -hmm. I think when you counsel people, what's been striking is that with some agreements, um, there's ultimatums built in and we call those deal breakers. And by the time a person has spent a lot of time getting to know a person and created a family, a financial bond, uh, a lot of momentum within that unit, it's always a tragedy when a deal breaker occurs and there's no way to stop that from ending all of the other good things that have happened within that relationship. It it truly is a tragedy. Uh, Children uh, live with split families and it can be done properly and carefully and sometimes it's essential. but it also can have an effect on them, so it shouldn't be done lightly. So the question is, is, uh, um, is are uh, people who have deal breakers, uh, you know, is, is that a good way to proceed through life? And, and sexual issues come up all the time with deal breakers. We saw that with Hillary Clinton. You know, how could she go back to her man? You know, that was demeaning, that was wrong, that was... You know, everybody had an opinion about what uh, Miss Clinton should do, and she has the right to do whatever she wants to do. She shouldn't have been judged on that. It was she, pretty much nobody else's business. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and um, if anything, admired for preserving a lot of the other good things that she had going with her family and hopefully with her children and and people, other people that she had an immediate effect on, not our country and the politics, but... The, the people who really knew her. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people forget is that very rarely is a relationship all bad or all good, you know? And so people are human and we're, we're raised with this illusion that people aren't, that people are, can be perfect and people can follow rules uh, flawlessly and that if they break any kind of rule that you set up, even if it's an arbitrary one, that your your role is to punish them. That's a very parental, patriarchal, societal belief model. And it doesn't work in intimate relationships because <clears throat> there's two or more grown-ups that are in this relationship that don't owe each other shit other than trust and respect and uh, honesty. You, you don't get to control the behavior of your partner. And yet we I, I hear men and women all the time that are trying to control the behavior of their partner. They think it's their job to shift how they behave. And you can certainly ask, you can you can say, well, you know, these are the things that really make me happy. These are the things that, that disturb me. But my disturbances really are my problem. The, I, those are for me to deal with. And so we, we get into this circle. But in, when, with sexuality, 
there's so little education as we're growing up as to what is what is human sexuality? What 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 do we want? How do people behave? And this is where Dr. Ted was so instrumental in the human behavior side of things and really trying to understand what is the natural evolution of a human sexual life. And to understand that the longer we live, the more likely it is that you're going to have more than the partner that you're currently with. That's you know, especially with our mobile society, we're not living in villages with the same people the same time. Um, so, so, so life is very much um, a, a work in progress. And when we set up these deal breakers, we think we think we're doing that to to gain control over our partner. If I say to my partner, "If you ever cheat on me, I'll leave you," well, that's a threat. And it's also I'm saying it hoping that he will believe me and not cheat on me because he doesn't want me to leave him. So I'm hoping that that threat will control his behavior. And time and time again, uh, people are shocked that that doesn't work. It's like, well, he, he must have wanted to hurt me. No, he wanted to have sex with somebody else or she wanted to have sex with somebody else. It had nothing to do with you. Well, but he knew that that would hurt me. No, you threatened him, but... He, you know, he, at that time, that wasn't really on the on their mind. So we just we we're starting to understand much better the w- sexual rights, sexual freedom, and what sexuality is, and how powerful it is of a need like breathing, eating, blinking. It's a very powerful need, and so to be able to talk about these things in within your relationship. And create a more fluid design, or call it designer relationships, you're much more likely to have a very happy long-term relationship with all those other pieces that people desire, right? The family and financial security and and feel like you, you're on this path with a person that's a amazing cl- up-close witness to your whole life experience, that's pretty rare. I mean, that's that's yeah, a beautiful I, I thing. Think, I think when we talk about um, uh, deal breakers, um, there there are a lot of people, and, and I think that really what we're trying to work toward is is the consistency, um, the logic of a relationship, and um, not the emotional side, which are which sometimes just come up as as deal breakers. Right. And so, for example. When when uh, people are not logical, uh, there are deal breakers in relationships. Um, Certainly, viol- violence is a deal breaker yeah. in a relationship, and addiction it should, it can should, be. It should never be tolerated, and that's probably an immediate deal breaker given the track record and the statistics on violence within a relationship. Oh gosh, yeah. Alcoholism and drugs. Um, are are a close second. There are some people who can make a transition to an alcohol-free life with the help of AA, and so maybe uh, there's uh, uh, one opportunity to to uh, step back from that type of deal breaker. But it's interesting that people will give people who have uh, alcoholism and violence many, many, many opportunities uh, to change. And yet with uh, a sexual 
discretion or indiscretion, um, it's a deal breaker. Isn't that and, interesting? Uh, yeah. And so I, I think that, um, <laughs> you know, and obviously circumstances have a lot to do with what people do. Are they financially independent? Do they have the means? Do they have the support? Can they, can they do it on their own, their confidence level? It's a multifactorial thing, but there are a lot of things out there to help you uh, with, with those transitions if they become, become essential. Now, within a relationship, you know, it's very easy to tell if, if a man is, um, is uh, not honest and um, then there are no consequences of that. It's not of the, of the dalliance, it's the honesty. Um, exactly. Then, then, um, and he and he has no repercussions for that. Then he's going to continue to do it again and again and again, and and that's that's not what we're talking about. And if something is is done, it needs to be symmetric. It, it's not okay for for in a in a relationship for one person to restrict the other. Uh, if they want their freedom, just like we were saying at the beginning, if you want your freedom, you have to respect the other's freedom. If you are agreed to a monogamous relationship, then buckle down and earn your trust and, and live that. Just understand that 50% of the time you'll be successful and 50% <laughs> of the time you may not. Um, and you want a deal breaker in your relationship that could, could uh, be difficult to overcome 50% of the time when you put so much time and effort into to that and we're not saying that being distrustful is 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 good at all we just think that you've worked hard to create a solid foundation for your family be careful about what kind of deal breakers you set up uh, for it to because you don't want it to end based on something that's silly. Right. I just came up with an idea that, you know, that we need another um, sexual orientation uh, definition because I don't, I, I do believe that, that the, the monogamous um, personality, that it's not across the board. People are not naturally monogamous. I think it's probably a 50-50 or maybe even more non-monogamously driven. And so perhaps people need to be, be able to be more honest about how they identify. If you've never been able to be monogamous in relationships, you've, you've just, that's just not your nature. You need to be able to say that. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not, monogamy isn't who I am. I'm, I'm a free spirit. I, I have curiosities. I don't, I, I, mean, I can't commit to that. That would be a heck of a lot more open and honest in, in a start of a relationship to know that. And then you're, you don't have that expectation. And then, but you, you also don't have the, uh, the forced uh, lying either because we teach people what they can be honest with us about. And if, if every time somebody's honest with you about their non-monogamy and you get beat up, you stop being honest, right? It's, it's difficult because you might, you might um, you know, know that that's a deal breaker for the other person. And so you might try to commit to it to try to do your best and certainly fail. And, um, and there are many examples of that. But uh, um, as much as possible as you work through your relationship, have your oasis so that the other person knows where you are and what you're doing and how you stand, where you stand. We're going to have to do a follow-up to the show because we've got so much more material we want to cover. Well, and, then, and in that oasis, uh, 
refresh your memory about uh, basic sexual rights. Yes. All right. I'll have those up on my website, drnsp.com, later today. And we'll be back next week. Um, you'll you'll be hearing all about uh, uh, Jamaica and what's happening in Jamaica. And uh, hopefully maybe next year you'll come with us. Remember every day to love more, laugh harder, and kiss longer. Make this the best week yet. Thank you for joining us this week for The Conscious Living Show. Be sure to join Dr. Nancy, Dr. Mark, and their guests next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Have a healthy, sexy week in every way. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.